Welcome to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. We've got an NBA draft podcast. We're going to be talking about the top prospects of the draft, where I project them in terms of how well they'll translate to the next level. We're really just guessing based on what we've seen and trying to figure out how great these players are going to be, but we don't really know. We're not going to act like we can predict the future, but there's been some years where I've definitely nailed some of these for some of the top draft prospects, most notably predicting Luka Doncic and Trey Young to be the best players of the 2018 draft. I thought Tatum was going to be one of the best players of the draft, but I've also had some misses. Like I had Alonzo Ball projected number one in the 2017 draft. So, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in terms of the draft prospects. We don't fully know the full picture. Sometimes it takes some time and not all of these guys are going to be superstars. Not all of these guys are going to be generational talents or whatnot. It's pretty much a guarantee that two prospects out of the top five are not going to be stars like you think they're going to be. So keep that in mind when it comes to the NBA draft. And we're going to start with the projected number one overall pick and make our way down to some of these other guys. And Jabari Smith out of Auburn is the guy we're going to talk about first. And I'm not going to lie, when I watched Jabari Smith play, I wasn't nearly as impressed or there wasn't really a wow factor about him that I saw in comparison to some of these other guys that I've watched that led me to believe that he should be the consensus number one overall pick. Like it's looking like when I look at the draft projections, everyone's got him as the number one pick. I don't quite see it to me. Offensively, he's a guy that can really hit the perimeter shot. And I like to see a big man that can space the floor and knock down threes. He kind of reminds me of John Collins uh, and what he was doing with the Atlanta Hawks. John Collins was not a guy that was shooting threes at the college level, but in the NBA, he became a 40% three-point shooter. He's a guy that's not a primary creator. He needs other guys to create for him, but he can knock down the shot, and occasionally he can create his own. If he absolutely needs to, he may be able to do it a couple times, but he's not a guy you're going to build your offense through. He's a complimentary player on the offensive end that can stretch the floor and hit shots. And that's really what it seems like Jabari Smith is offensively. The difference is the defense. Jabari Smith is a much better and more versatile defender. And I definitely like that aspect of his game. In terms of the modern NBA, he's a great kind of connective piece to have on your roster. Like if you already have a player to build your franchise around, if you already have an offensive creator where you can put the ball in his hands, kind of like a Trey Young, and he can run the show, then having a guy like Jabari Smith to pair with him is really, really nice. But when you're looking for a number one overall pick, if you're looking for a player to build your franchise around, I don't know if I'm really geeked about building my franchise around Jabari Smith. I'm just going to be honest. And so the Orlando Magic, to me, I'm happy because when I originally saw the Orlando Magic got the first pick, with all due respect, I was not stoked. I was actually pretty upset. I was like, dang. The first pick is going to Orlando. They have a decent young core, but it doesn't seem like a team that's really in position to do much of anything. There's no real intrigue with the Orlando Magic franchise right now, and there's no real intrigue to me in terms of being a centerpiece, being a number one overall pick of Jabari Smith. So I'm cool with Jabari Smith going to Orlando. He'll definitely make the team better. And again, this is no disrespect to him. I think he's a very, very good player. I think he'll be looked at as one of the best players in the draft class. But I don't see consensus number one. I think he's the safest fit in terms of he has the highest floor, so to speak. Like if 
some of these other prospects that we get to later, if they don't pan out, if they don't reach their potential, then it's going to be Jabari Smith is the guy, you know, and Jabari Smith is still young. He's got plenty of time uh, to develop his game, to become more of a shot creator or whatnot. I see him being a guy that the Orlando Magic selected the number one overall pick, and, and that is that. For the number two overall pick, I think Chet Holmgren, and a lot of people are saying uh, he's going to be the number two overall pick, and he's probably going to go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I really like the fit of him going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They already have the pieces on the perimeter that you can run the offense through with Shea Gilders Alexander, who's a very, very good on-the-ball player, a guy that can create his own shot and also create for his teammates. And you have Josh Giddy, who is a willing passer, a pass-first player. And you have a big man like Chet Holmgren. He's going to eat more having those guys to be able to distribute the ball to him. And when I look at Chet Holmgren, I, I see a defensive demon. I see a guy that can bring Rudy Gobert-like rim protection with a little bit more of an ability to play in space defensively. I see a guy offensively that has a very versatile skill set. He kind of reminds me of Al Horford when he has takeover, you know, in the playoffs for the Boston Celtics. And we've seen before Al Horford at one point was an all-star caliber player, a guy that can hit the three-point shot. He can face up and hit a mid-range shot. He has passing ability he can make plays like just a completely skilled big man he's not going to put up the volume of scoring production but he's going to give you versatility in his skill set on both ends of the floor and he brings you an elite level skill set in terms of a specific trait a specific skill i don't think any of these top prospects have a specific trait that i look at and i say it's better than chet holmgren's rim protection i think his rim protection is unmatched in terms of these other guys. And for that reason, I'm very, very high on him as a prospect. The biggest weakness or kind of slight on Chet is really his size. You know, obviously he's tall, seven feet tall, but I'll say like his weight slash strength. That's what people say. And if you're really just diminishing his ability to impact the game on the next level because the dude is skinny, because you want to say he's Slenderman or whatever the case may be, man, that's, I feel like that's a pretty weak, no pun intended, argument. Like, that's the only criticism you have of his game. That's why you think he's going to be a bust. That's why you think he's not going to pan out. I strongly disagree. I mean, if you can play him at the four or the five, whatever the case may be, as long as he's your rim protector, you're going to have a lot of success. And he's a very, very skilled offensive player. I think Chet's going to be just fine. He could definitely put on some muscle in the NBA. But again, Going to the the weight thing, weight can change. You know, like I'm not saying he's going to come out and look like Giannis, but Giannis was not the most built dude when he was coming into the NBA. So, I mean, adding on some weight, you know, like if, if that's the biggest reason, I'm not drafting him because he's too skinny. Like, okay, <laughs> that's fine because I'll draft him and he'll be a dang good player for me. So I definitely like Chet. And, and I definitely think he's going number two to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Number three, we got Paolo Bonchero. And I'm very, very high on Paolo. And to me, he is a guy offensively that has a very, very versatile skill set. He can create his own shot on the perimeter. I do worry a little bit about the consistency of his three ball. But if he can get his three ball to be a little bit more consistent, you're looking at a very versatile offensive piece. You're looking at a guy that can play make for others. And 
I do worry about defensively, whether he can stay in front of his man. He has all the physical tools to be a high-level defender, but can he put it all together? Because so far he hasn't. He does not look like he's bringing much to the table defensively. What really piques my interest about Paolo, though, is his physical tools. He's about 6'10". He's got Ben Simmons-like athleticism to me. He's got the strength. If you want to talk about physique and, and why you think somebody may be more NBA ready because of their body or whatnot. Paolo Bonchero definitely has the strength. He definitely can finish around the basket, you know, so he has the NBA type type body prototype, you know, and that means that he's going to have an easier time when it comes to something like defense, which is more effort-based and in size and physical tools based. Maybe he can get in the lab, work on his defense, and then he'll be a very, very complete player because he's already got a lot to bring to the table in the offensive end. So I look at the Ben Simmons-like athleticism. I look at his inside scoring, but then I look at more so like a Jason Tatum perimeter shot creation from the outside, but he's not having that jumper and he's not having the defense that those guys bring to the table. So I think Houston's going to be getting a great player if they do select Paolo. I think him... And Jalen Green is going to be a really nice tandem because Jalen Green is a bucket in his own right, you know, and Paolo will be a willing passer. and They'll be able to play off of each other. That's going to be really fun to see in Houston if it does come into fruition. But, yeah, Paolo going number three. And we'll talk later about me deciding between Paolo and Chet because, to me, those are the guys that I was talking about when I mentioned Jabari Smith. These are the guys that have more intrigue to me in terms of their superstar potential or all-star level potential. I think these guys just have far greater upsides. They they have more just intrigue overall to them as prospects. And then when we look at the fourth guy, Jaden Ivey, Jaden Ivey, man, he, he can go in terms of his speed. Like he has John Morant level speed and downhill athleticism. It's really fun to watch, but – He's more of a two guard. He's not a point guard. He's not a primary playmaker, ball handler, whatnot. He's a guy that's looking for his own shot, somewhat like a Donovan Mitchell. And I really hope Jaden Ivey ends up with the Detroit Pistons. He's been taking digs on the Sacramento Kings for some time now, based on what I'm seeing on social media. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be going to the Sacramento Kings either, personally. And I think going to a team like the Detroit Pistons playing with a Cade Cunningham. That would be very, very fun. Cade Cunningham's a playmaker who's got some size on him and can defend. So Jane Hivey wouldn't have to worry about some of those things like creating for others on a consistent basis, like being the guy that's guarding the best guard in the opposing team. He could worry and focus on what he does best, getting buckets. I think that tandem would be great. And I'm really excited to see what Jane Ivey does on the next level. So if I'm kind of ranking the prospects, it's really, really tough. It's really, really tough. But to me, Jabari Smith, he's the worst out of the guys that I've named. At least he's the guy that I, if I'm ranking the prospects right now in terms of how I would draft him, I don't think I'm drafting Jabari Smith before I draft some of these other guys personally. Uh, now, when it comes to Jaden Ivey, he is a little bit limited in the sense that you're really out there for scoring. You're not bringing much else to the table, but he does have crazy athleticism and whatnot. I do think that scoring is the most important aspect of basketball, though. So I could see how he's going to be extremely valuable. When it comes to Chet and Paolo, I think 
you're really just what aspect of the game is, is this player going to have more of an impact on in the next level? Is it going to be Chet's defense or is it going to be Paolo's offense? And I think I'm siding with Chet's defense. I think out of all the characteristics of all these prospects, I just think that Chet Holmgren is going to be a defensive demon. Like I said before, I think he's going to be an insane rim protector. And I think he's going to really be able to affect games on that side of the ball. Even if he doesn't bring his offense together, I hope that he can be like a 20 point plus point per game score. He has all the tools to be able to do that. And if he can rebound at a solid enough level where he's controlling the glass, like nine, 10 rebounds a game, that's going to be a very, very, very good player. That's going to probably be a superstar. If, if he can be a 20 and 10 guy with Rudy Gobert level rim protection, it's going to be, it's really going to be insane. So, I'm going to lean with Chet, but I could definitely see Paolo, man, because every time I watch him, I see like when I was watching Jason Tatum back back at Duke and I had him as a top two prospect, but I overthought it just a little bit. And I put Lonzo over him because I love Lonzo's playmaking ability and whatnot. And I could see myself regretting uh, putting Paolo at number two, but he, I, I've told you guys, he's nice, you know, and, and he definitely could be a superstar. He has all the tools to do it offensively and with his physical tools. There is a concern about him sweating seven pounds a game. I saw something like that. That's ridiculous. I think he can get that cleaned up the next level. But I mean, it may not even affect him as a basketball player, but I'm just trying to think of sweating seven pounds a game, like seven pounds. That seems crazy. But uh, I'm not, like I said with Chet and his his weight, I'm not <laughs> lowering him as a prospect because of how much sweat <laughs> he's he's producing per game, you know. So I think it'll be interesting to see the draft. Who knows? At the end of the day, maybe Jabari Smith ends up being the next, like, Kevin Durant. Who, who knows? Um, but these are my thoughts on the top prospects. Let me know what you guys think. Who do you guys think is the best prospect? I'm out. Peace.